Hello and welcome to Fenster's Funky Sevens. Uh, my name is Fenster. My mother calls me Fintan. Um, and welcome to the podcast. I've been uh, toying with this idea for a little while now, so I decided to give it a go. I'm a record collector, and what I have for an idea for this podcast is that part of my collection and uh, a part of my collection that I've really been focused on on the last couple of years is seven inch singles. I have a, a got a huge selection of seven inch singles from the 50s up till the early 90s or so. So the idea of the Funky Sevens podcast is that uh, each time I will choose a particular genre or a particular theme and put together seven uh, records from my collection that kind of uh, describe this genre or describe this theme. Um, it, it doesn't, they're not the definitive records of this genre or this theme, um, but they're the, uh, they're the, um, seven records that I have in my collection. So I will have every song that I play on a seven inch record. So the theme that I have decided on for this opening episode is Northern soul music and the female Northern soul singers. So I have never been to a Northern Soul night. I've only gotten into the Northern Soul sound in the last few years. So I will attempt to define what Northern Soul is, but I might run the wrath of a 67-year-old man from Lancashire going, that's not fucking proper Northern. Um, but I'll give it a go anyway. Uh, so back in the 60s, back in the early 60s, you had this very famous record label called Motown Records set up by Barry Gordy. And um, in among songs like uh, My Girl or Baby Love, those kind of sweet romantic songs, um, you also had more up-tempo songs. So a good example of that would be from 1963, uh, Martha Reeve and the Vandellas and Heat Wave. Another example would be from 1965 and this the four tops with can't help myself or sugar pie honey bunch And then another song of this type would be by Stevie Wonder, uh, Uptight from 1966.
and so what these songs share is this up-tempo 4-4 beat. Uh, typically, they have a kind of a jazzy chord structure over the top, and um, they're great music for dancing to. So this Motown music became popular all over the world, and the label was hugely successful. And so all around America, in all around American cities, there were hundreds or thousands of small record labels and small bands and record producers and they all wanted to have a little piece of this Motown pie that was going around and so they started making songs that copied that sound and uh, they started doing sweet ballads and they started doing uh, romantic songs and they started doing up-tempo numbers. Uh, some of these records were successful uh, on, a, on a national scale. Some of them were locally successful and some of them never went anywhere. They were not promoted and they, they just got forgotten. Crossover to the other side of the world, over to uh, England and particularly to the north part of England, uh, Manchester and, and a club called the Twisted Wheel. And people really love this kind of fast tempo music. They love those Motown uh, banging tunes um, and they still love banging tunes in that area. So what happened was that people were enjoying this music and they were dancing to it and they were having a good time. But then black American music moved on. It kind of moved into the psychedelic soul area, uh, area uh, era. It became funk music. It evolved, the production changed, it evolved into disco sounds and then obviously hip-hop and, and continued on through this. But in the early 70s, there was not so much of, of this fast, up-tempo 4-4 music around. And the, the dancers of Manchester demanded it. Uh, they didn't want to move on to, to the other styles of music that were being produced. So the DJs in these clubs uh, had to go looking a bit deeper and some of them started traveling to America and searching out um, these records that fit that sound that they love so much in the north of England. And uh, they started bringing these record backs, finding these old forgotten records that had, hadn't been successful and gone nowhere and bringing them back to uh, the north of England and uh, playing them for their dancers and these records becoming hugely popular and so you had clubs like the twisted wheel in manchester as i mentioned the golden torch in stoke-on-trent the mecca in blackpool and probably the most famous one of all was the casino in wigan and um, people would go there to listen to these soul records take amphetamines dance from midnight till eight o'clock in the morning and uh, basically have the time of their lives. So what the Northern Soul scene became in the 70s was basically the first modern club culture. You had an obsession with music and dancing and you had nerds and DJs sourcing records, selling and trading rare records. There was a drug element brought into it. There was taking amphetamines that people would be going to the Wigan Casino and they would stop off to rob a chemist shop for legal amphetamines. 
um there was a fashion aspect brought into it there was certain styles and clothes there was definitely a dance aspect to it they were learning all kinds of acrobatic dancing styles and people were living for the weekend and this was the highlight of their day you you or the highlight of their week you'd spend you know your your entire week maybe five and a half days working in a um steel foundry or a a a a, a a door factory and it would be pretty grim and pretty um uh, serious and then you would cut loose at the weekend um with dancing to this soul music there were dozens of clubs all around the north of england uh, you know there's a couple of big ones that always gets mentioned but people uh, loved and attached this music and then the stars or, or the, the music that they were listening to these musicians perhaps in the states they had been forgotten they'd gone back to a normal life then they would get word that uh, you know hey you, you know that in england they love your music and they would be flown over uh to put on concerts in the wigan casino was a huge venue it, it, it fits something like three thousand people so you know these guys who who might not be able to get a gig in a bar in detroit where they're from um would be flown over to england not really knowing what's going on not really understanding what's going and then go out on stage and there would be you know thousands of people screaming their name and singing along to every word of their songs a lot of the time the the musicians had forgotten the songs that they had recorded they hadn't been hits at all these up-tempo fast songs and um you know they might have been popular they might have got some success with other styles of songs slower more ballady love songs or whatever type of song and so in the casino uh, backstage you'd be like okay so make sure you play this one this one and this one and uh, the the singer would be like god i don't even remember the lyrics to that one so the scene was a re really incredible vibrant scene and you know it, it 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 kind of you kind of feel a little bit jealous it seems so pure and and beautiful and so music focused i'm sure there was it wasn't all so rose tinted but the northern soul scene continues to this day there's obsessive uh, record buying people still go out dancing and young people are um coming on board uh, as it is so it, it it's quite a beautiful thing to have existed and to continue to exist So to start off, we'll take a look at a song from 1966. This is um, Soul Time by Shirley Ellis. And I'm going to guess that this song has started uh, thousands and thousands of Northern Soul DJ sets in its time because it's a real kind of anthem that's laying down the manifesto of it, uh, laying down Soul Time. And um, the 2014 film Northern Soul uh, that's what this is the first song that they play on that one as well so it's a good set opener uh, by Shirley Ellis uh, Shirley Ellis seemed to would be uh, quite a popular singer in the early 60s and uh, one of her most famous songs is the clapping song which is a kind of a novelty hit with the 369 the goose jank wine the monkey chew tobacco and the sweet caroline that kind of nursery rhyme singing but uh, she does an incredible vocal performance on this so all the novelty can be uh, forgiven. Mm -hmm. 
1967. Uh, this next song is Rita and the Tiaras, Gone with the Wind is My Love. And another uh, wonderful song. Um, uh, Rita's vocals on this are just so haunting and, and beautiful and, and you can feel the ache in her voice, um, which is, is strange considering how this um, tune was put together. So the Tiaras were a vocal, vocal girl group from Chicago who uh, one of the members was uh, Brenda Russell, who went on to produce a lot of disco and yacht rock and R&B later in the 70s and become quite famous for it. Um, and so they had this completed track. They had this backing track with the music and the background vocals from the, the tiaras, and they were punting it around looking for a singer. And apparently they tried out various singers and they found um, Rita Graham, who provided these uh, wonderful vocals on here. Um, Rita uh, didn't do a lot musically other than that. She seemed to have gone on to become a writer and has, has written a, a few books. But Rita worked with Ray Charles earlier in her career. But there is also a version of this song going, going around that has Gloria Jones on it. Um, Gloria Jones is famous for a few things. Um, Maybe the most famous one would be that uh, she sang the version of uh, Tainted Love, the Northern Soul version of Tainted Love that Soft Cell had a huge hit with later in the 70s. But also um, Gloria Jones was the partner of Mark Boland from T-Rex um, and they had a child together and it was actually Gloria who was driving the car um, that Cra the, uh, that crashed and killed Mark Boland. So 
a lot of tragedy in, in Gloria's life. But anyway, they um, the the producers have settled on uh, Rita's version of it, and um, I think it's a better version as well. So check this one out. from 1967 is Sandy Shelton you're gonna make me love you now this is really classic northern soul this has got such a pounding beat to it and the way those horns go it's it's just almost a perfect northern soul sound um, not a lot known about uh, Sandy Sheldon um, she also trades under the name of uh, Kendra Spotswood and she started out singing in the early 60s with um, the absolute disco dawn 
uh, Van McCoy, who wrote and produced lots and lots of disco hits, including uh, Do the Hustle in the early 70s. And um, yeah, um, uh, uh, this got picked up by the Northern Soul scene in the 70s. And apparently uh, Sandy or Kendra, as she was known, had no idea for decades that her song was such a hit. But it's really, really one of the classics of the Northern Soul sound. Alice Clark, You Hit Me Right Where It Hurt Me. And uh, I don't know an awful lot about Alice Clark. She seems she was from Brooklyn and um, she had a, a, a crack at her music career um, from something like 1968 to 1972 and it didn't work out for her. So she went back to, to normal life. But this is without a doubt one of my favorite Northern Soul tunes 
Uh, it's just incredible. And Alex's vocal is, is superb. And I particularly like the way that the strings swell in the pre-chorus and it just, um, you know, builds up and up and up and then launches into the chorus. It's a, uh, it's really dramatic, um, uh, production. And also it's interesting as well, uh, lyrically. So it's a kind of a breakup song, but it's, it's usually a, a man that takes this perspective of, you know, oh baby, I know I've done you wrong, but now I'm actually hurting inside. I had no idea that cheating on you would, uh, would affect me. Um, so it's nice to hear a female perspective on this. So uh, have a listen to Alice Clark. You hit me right where it hurt me. And this is Gladys Knight and the Pips and No One Could Love You More. 
the big Gladys Knight song um, on the Northern Soul scene is Just Walk In My Shoes. But I don't have that on 7-inch. I have this one on 7-inch. So that's the one we're getting today. I have become a huge, huge fan of Gladys Knight and the Pips um, uh, recently. I think she's really, really one of the great, great voices of the uh, of the 20th century. An incredible performer, incredible singer. Uh, the Pips are her brother Bubba and her two cousins, uh, William and Edward, by the way. And um, when you look at Gladys Knight's career, it really is something else. Like she um, had her first professional gig in that she got paid to to sing age four in 1948. So that's like 74 years ago um, she first got paid to, to sing and she became a national star um, uh, on, uh, on, by winning a talent contest uh, in the United States. Uh, Ted Mack's original amateur hour. So she was age eight and she became a national star. So, you know, she's literally been in um, show business for her entire life. Uh, she really knows nothing other than than singing and being in show business. And so, you know, from 1948, I went to see her uh, play in Manchester uh, in June in, in 2022. So, you uh, um, a 74 year gap there and she still sounds, looks amazing and was full of energy. It's a quite incredible uh, performance. Um, she started off, uh, you know, um, in the early 60s on uh, two kind of independent labels, uh, VJ and Fury. Uh, then she got picked up by Motown. Um, she always seemed to be like, uh, the, her and the Pips seemed to be like a second tier Motown band. I don't think a lot of attention was with them. But when she, when she teamed up with producer Norman Whitfield and they put together um, the original version of Her the True the Grapevine, she scored the greatest uh, hit that Motown had had up at that point. It sold 4 million copies. Um, and then less than nine months later, Marvin Gaye recorded um, his much more famous version. And that became the, the biggest selling hit on Motown with six million copies. So uh, 10 million copies of two versions of the same song. It's, it, it's not bad. Um, uh, uh, Gladys left... Um, Motown and moved uh, in the early 70s to Buddha Records and probably had her biggest hit with uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. But she continued um, uh, uh, singing and producing records, you know, right up on, on, until this day. So it, it's quite in incredible, uh, these kind of old style singers, how versatile they are. They start off in a, in a kind of a doo-wop act. They become an R&B act and they become a soul act. They move into kind of um, pop soul or psychedelic soul. Uh, start singing disco, move into the 80s, start meaning like kind of pop R&B stuff, uh, get forgotten about. Um, then, you know, someone samples their record in the 90s on a hip hop song, then they're back singing the chorus on the next one. And the longevity of their career is, is just really something else. So uh, this is a great, great vocal performance from Gladys and the Pips. Um, 1971, No One Could Love You More. No one can love you more, my baby No one can love you more, my sweet baby No one can love you more than me 
from 1971 is uh, Jerry Granger I Go to Pieces this is a really beautiful uh, sweet song of heartache it's uh, her vo Jerry's vocal is just so 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 full of yearning and loss it's uh, really beautiful but this was never actually got an official re release it, it came out as a promo but never got the official re release um, not much uh, information about Jerry she seemed to have done some uh, TV work in the early 60s on stuff like the Ed Sullivan show but um, uh, and, uh, I guess her career never took off in, in uh, and, uh, and she kind of just uh, faded to obs obscurity and an interesting thing about this song though is that uh, at Wigan Casino the, the big big um, uh, Northern Soul Club in, in Wigan that ran from um, that started in the, the early 70s and ran till about 1980. Um, the, the, that 
club uh, the time of that club was from midnight to eight in the morning and so uh, at eight in the morning they uh, they kind of got a tradition of playing the same three songs they were called the three before eight and these songs were um, I'm on my way by Dean Parrish <laughs> Tonight is all over by Jimmy Radcliffe. Let me tell you, long after tonight is all over. Long after tonight is all gone, I'll be Forever and the day I'm gone. Come in and me, you'll always be just everything. Toby legend, time will pass you by. I'm just a pebble on the beach and I sit and wonder why Little people are running around Never knowing why Life is just a precious minute, baby Open up your eyes and see it Time Will Pass You By is an, an amazing performance and uh, by by Toby Legend. And she didn't even know. She was brought into a studio to sing a song. She thought she was making a demo. And then uh, a while later, she discovered that her, her performance had been put out as a record. But anyway, these were the three before eight. And when the crowd heard these three songs, they knew that the night was, um, was, nearly, was nearly finished. And then uh, later on, when... Uh, I Go To Pieces was rediscovered um, and and uh, became a firm favourite of the soul scene. Um, it was added to the 3 before 8, so it became the 4 before 8. Um, and I can see why. It's a beautiful, beautiful song.
the last song is something a little bit different. Um, it's um, Stop What You're Doing by The Playthings. And what makes this one different is this is not an American song. This is a, a, a British production uh, song. And this was a song that was written and produced uh, specifically for the Northern Soul scene. So the Soul scene was was kicking off. It was becoming popular, and record producers and record labels were were trying to make some money out of it. So um, this is kind of a poppy soul thing. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit saccharine. Um, I do like the cutesiness of the vocal. And um, I can't find out who sang it. I can't find the name of the singer. But the producer of this record, the producer of this record, I would love to see a documentary made about this guy. He seems like a really, really interesting guy. His name is Bidu. And Bidu is an Indian guy. He was born in uh, Bangalore. And he, he became fascinated with British music and uh, the English scene and he had an ambition to meet the Beatles. So in 1967, when he was 23 years old, he traveled from India to England, uh, uh, overland, uh, singing his way across, as he says. Uh, he sang his way across, the, the halfway across the world, overland, to come to England to meet the Beatles. Um, apparently, a few months after that, he did actually meet the Beatles. Um, and he wasn't impressed. He said that John Lennon wasn't dressed very fashionably. So this guy must be some kind of crazy, charismatic, um, you know, uh, ambitious, motivated guy. Uh, he tried to be a, a, a singer in England. Um, but he thinks that his, England wasn't ready for an Indian pop star at the time. So he moved into producing music uh found out about the northern soul scene got involved in it and then produced this song for the northern soul scene okay he also worked with um carl douglas and so he wrote and produced the huge worldwide hit of kung fu fighting for carl douglas and that was a smash hit all over the world and is still a hugely popular song today um and that really set him up, so he got into music production. Um, later on in the 70s, he started working with a kind of a pop disco singer, an English pop disco singer uh, called Tina Charles. Her most popular song is, you know, I love to love, but my baby just loves to dance. Um, that song there. Um, Tina Charles does a version of this song, Stop What You're Doing, a more disco-fied version. And some people say that Tina was the singer on this original Playthings version. But I've only seen that in YouTube comments. Um, I, I haven't seen that uh, anywhere kind of officially said. So I still don't know who the Playthings were. And then um, uh, Bidu uh, went on and he went uh, back uh, working in, in, in India. And uh, also became popular in Japan and has had this really wide various career but i mean just the balls of this guy he's just be just be super charismatic charming guy just be you know confident walking <laughs> literally walking to england uh to meet the beatles and then meeting them and then getting involved in music production and then you know he obviously has an incredible story that he should tell but anyway this is one of his earlier productions um the playthings stop what you're doing
Thanks very much for making it through to the end here. This has been an interesting experience. Um, recording yourself speaking is is weird. Um, you notice every him and ha and um and pause, and you notice that you're pronouncing words incorrectly, and you're basically uh, fumbling everything that you say. But it's uh, definitely a, a, a fun experience and one that I'll be trying again. So. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, Fenster's Funky Sevens and uh, you tune in at the next one. If you are interested, you'll find me at, at Fenster DJ on Twitter. That's probably the best place if you have any comments or anything you'd like to say. Um, okay, again, thanks for listening. <laughs>